Now every Sunday, with God's help, we do a yoim yoim. We started a year ago. We did almost a month. That's quite an achievement. <laughs> um, we're only holding Yudbeis Tevis, which is seven weeks shy of a month, of a year, uh, uh, of a month, seven days shy of a month. Um, we're on page Yud Aleph. If you can't seem to find page Yud Aleph, you're a yim yim, just try turning over the page and you'll find it. <laughs> We read this Hayyim Yoim last Sunday at the conclusion. And I told you then, we had very little time, that I wanted to go back to it and read it again. So we'll start from the beginning. Page Yud Aleph in the copy that I handed out, top of the page. Yoim Rishin Yud Beis Tebes Hei Toshin Gimu. Shiurim Chumish Vayechi Parashirishenim Perishrashi Tidlim Samachvav Til Samaches Tanya Perik Tes. Vihinei Machim 26 Shavamoy. Now, Bishnah Tafresh Memchas in the year 1887 to 88. My father, the Rebbe Rashab, was selected to be the Gabai, the official secretary of the Chaver Minhag, as the custom was, they, they, they accompanied him, they brought him. Simchas Teda on Simchas Teda, Belivias Amrav with the accompaniment of a, a large crowd, Lebeisachneses to the shul, and then later there was a custom that he would make a kiddush in his home, as I told you last week. I'm going to repeat this all momentarily. Oz Omar Amayme in a kaddish baruch Trunya. On that occasion, the Rebbe Rashab said the Amayme in a kaddish baruch Trunya, and a whole bunch of other stuff which we'll get to momentarily. So let's let's slow down. Let's talk about this. We know what Chaver Kedisha are. We know what they do. Or maybe some of us wish we didn't know what they do. They're undertakers. That means they prepare people for burial and they bury people. In Teda, it's called Chasat Shalemis. In Chumish, Yankel Avinu says to Yesu, I want you to bury me. And he calls it Chasat Shalemis. A kindness of truth. Why is it a kindness of truth? Simple. Because it's never going to be repaid. <laughs> That's how it goes. Chesed um, is a kind that you're doing to an individual who is in no position to pay it back. That's the Pshut HaShalmeikana. The people who are members of the Chavak let's just say they didn't have qualifications to be lawyers and doctors and accountants even. They were people, it's not a pleasant job, especially in the old country where they didn't have refrigeration, person passes away. It was, that's why they were always drunk. So the, under the Chavakadisha, they were always drunk because they pushed it, couldn't deal with the unpleasantness of the task. And it was a remedial job. And the real undertakers, the people who dug graves and tied people's tachrichim on and washed them and buried them, they were simple people. But the MSC is that it was considered as chus to be a Chavakadisha. And it's still considered as chus to be a Chavakadisha. And Erlach Ayyidin from Ayyidin joined Chavakadishas. Some of them were active. And some of them were honorary, or some of them had been active and then it became honorary. But being a Chaver Kaddisha was considered a, st- a Ruchnizdika status. For example, when the Alt Rebbe was a boy, a boy, he was written in as a member of the Chaver Kaddisha. Some place in some museum, I suppose that at Israel, there is a Pincus, there is the ledger of the Liajne Chaver Kaddisha. The city of Liajne had a Chaver Kaddisha. In this Pincus, they would record all events. People who died, what day, what year, and where they're buried. So, in other words, they have maps, Chaver Kaddisha have maps, so they shouldn't pile people one on top of another and so on. But 
included in the ledger is membership. In the year the members of the Chavar Kaddisha wrote in their ledger that they're including in their membership the young man that he has entered into the age of mitzvahs and I believe they wrote about him the Lashon Rav who's 13 with Rav from this pinkest, from this source, many people determined that if Tafresh Tav Kuf Chafav was written in the Chavak Edition, that means he was born Tav Kuf Ches. The Friedrich Rebbe had a say that he was born Tav Kuf Hey. So the Friedrich Rebbe says that this doesn't mean that at that time he turned by mitzvah. It means that he had turned by mitzvah earlier. Now they included him in the Chavak Edition. They were people included in the Chavak Edition who never dug a grave. Gedeli Yisrael, Big Tzadik, Big Chachamim. They were members of the Chavak Edition. Their contribution was, of course, that they helped in the planning and in the decision making. They would fast on Tezvav Kislev, which is the custom. There are people in this room who are members of the Chavak Edisha. Tezvav Kislev is considered the shortest day of the year, and people fast on that day, and so on and so forth. And other things. The Labavach and Abayim were always involved in the Chavak Edisha, and they were the heads of the Chavak Edisha. In fact, this is parenthetical. I'm going to get to the Hayyimim momentarily. <laughs> The Rebbe, the Rebbe's all good sons are not Rebbe. Before he was Rebbe, had a good friend. Now, when I say before he was Rebbe, he had a good friend, I don't mean to say that after he became Rebbe, they became enemies. I mean to say that after he became Rebbe, he was no longer an enemy, a friend, he was a chassid. And I was like, this was Rabbi Greenglass, Montreal. Rabbi Nachem Zeva Levi. The Rebbe liked him a lot. You read the way the Rebbe addresses him. He was a young Bachar. The Rebbe writes to him The Rebbe Rabbi Greenglass When he came to came to Otvotsk He was a young boy 16 years old was, He knew Atvotsk It's a phenomenal memory He's Yedis Moshalei Be'erach Gilei In Yenayar in Atvotsk The Bachem and Atvotsk said Ooh, this is something else But he came to Temchatim And he had already learned By Rabbi Zalman Lodger Rabbi was a big Mekubal He was Mekabal He was He knows the stuff Let's put it mild I can't I can't and he's a big serious servant of the Hebishtan and the Rebbe called him Maimah Kubel before the Rebbe was a Rebbe they had a very very special relationship a very very warm and personal connection and there's a letter in which the Rebbe writes to him to Rabbi Greenglass explaining that the Friedek Rebbe had given him the Rebbe four jobs and the Rebbe wrote down a letter to Rabbi Greenglass. It, it, it's an answer to Rabbi Greenglass that sent the Rebbe a Nicham Avelim letter. The Rebbe lost his father. And Rabbi Greenglass wrote a letter of Nicham Avelim, of consolation. So in response to that, the Rebbe wrote him a letter. And in the letter he says, it's interesting that I got from the Rebbe, the Shreve, and the Fidik Rebbe four jobs. They were uh, the Machanei Yisrael, the Merkaz Lenyon Echinuch, Haitzah Svarim Kohos, and Chavre Kedisha. And he explains the four levels. This is Yud, K, Vav, K, and a whole nice hezbet explaining the four jobs that he had, including the job of Chavah Kedishim. The Rebbe was, I don't know if he was the Gavya, the Fidika was the Gavya of the Chavah Kedishim. He was either the first or the second officer in the Chavah Kedishim. Understandably, that after Tavshin Yud, the Rebbe became the Gavya of the Chavah Kedishim. But the Lubavitch and Abayim were always the heads of the Chavah Kedishim. The Rebbe participates in the fast. Officially, the Rebbe was involved in decision-making, though frequently the Rebbe would not offer opinions, but sometimes he did. 
is about the appointing of the Rebbe Rashab to be the head of the Chaber Kedisha. The background to the story is, and we discussed this in the previous hour, in the beginning, a little bit. The Rebbe Rashab became a Rebbe, he was 21 years, 10 months, and 3 weeks old. I don't think there's anybody in this room younger than that. There's 21 years, 10 months, there is somebody younger, okay, younger at heart, younger and pale. Uh, and three weeks out, he was very young. And the historical of his father, the Rebbe Marash, was a surprise. It was very painful. And as I told you in the beginning of the last hour, it left Lubavitch in a very isolated, alone, defeated type of place. There were powers that were, at that time, who were very, very happy to dispose of Lubavitch, get Lubavitch out of the way. Other things will take over from them. For the Lubavitch, for the Rebbe's Mishpach, for the Rebbe's family, this was a difficult time for the Rebbe's Nidivke, who was feeding everybody with no money. <laughs> It was difficult, it was very painful, it was very lonely. A lot of Hasidim left Lubavitch. A lot of Hasidim left Lubavitch because they didn't think there was going to be a future. But some Hasidim remained. The Hasidim who remained were real Mukushadim, they were connected to the Marash, and they had no priority other than to help the Rebbe's family and ultimately to establish a continuation that the Rebbe Rasham should succeed the Rebbe Marash, which of course happened, but it took 11 years. The Rebbe Marash did not become a Rebbe until 11 years almost. The Rebbe Rasham did not become a Rebbe almost for 11 complete years after his father's historicus. He came into the Shul, Rosh Hashanah, Tafesh Nundalit. When he walked onto the Shul, he walked over to his father's seat and he sat down. And that was it. The guessing was over. And 13 days later was the 11th yard site. So it was almost, it was virtually 11 years there was no official Rebbe. But the Rebbe Rashab was a Rebbe. What was for sure that the other candidates uh, had negotiated themselves out of candidacy. The Rebbe Rashab had an older brother, Razor, was a very, very big person, a very special person. And he, he made it clear to everybody, my younger brother is the Rebbe, I'm his chaser too. Which was an unbelievable thing, the Razor. Rebbe Rashab said about his older brother, "My brothers are nowhere can the seichnish." The Rebbe Rashab said about his brother, the Rebbe was older than him. My brother's humility, even I can't fathom, because he, he Rebbe wasn't a simple person. He was a godl. He was a giant. He was a Rebbe Rashab kid. He was a big, big, big man, and he was a deep servant of the Eibush. He was a tzaddik and a god and a chosid, and he was ultimately like like a little boy by his younger brother's table. And it was, it was, an, it was an, an event of, you know, when things work out right, you don't hear about it. When there's politics, Kochman and Kochman and Kochman. And that Azor was a chosr of his younger brother, is, is one of the, what is the word, refreshing illustrations of goodness and truth prevailing, as opposed to Nanishkeit and politics. But the Rebbe Rashab was the candidate. And he knew it. We spoke about last Tuesday when we had his Yemaladis that as a 12-year-old boy or maybe even earlier, his father told him, you belong to the second category, to be a Rebbe. So it was very difficult. 
the community of Lubavitch itself, the city of Lubavitch. I was never in Lubavitch. Today everyone joins Lubavitch to travel the world even as far as Lubavitch itself. Um, it's a tiny village. Very primitive. And the Yidin who lived there, in other words, the geographical Lubavitchers, the true Lubavitchers, were they were Tillam Jews, they were Yidin, they were maybe Abyssal Chumish, Mishnais, they were not sophisticated, they were not intelligent, they were not Chsidim. Of course, it was their greatest honor that the Rebbe had made his Chotzer, his Haif, his yard, his domain in their city. But the Lubavitchers per se were simple people. What was their connection to the Rabbeim? Not much. They had a problem. They ran to the Rebbe. Thank you. The Rabbeim didn't even mix into the local issues. They didn't mix into the Minhagim in the town. They didn't mix into the the traditions of the town. The way Lubavitch had functioned for years and years and years where it remained, the Lubavitch and Rabbeim did not have a day in Lubavitch itself. The shuls didn't necessarily have in Lubavitch and Nusach. Lubavitch was a city with the Rebbe. Chassidim came to the Rebbe. The community made a living from the Chassidim who came. It was one of their strongest sources of Parnassah was feeding and giving lodging to Chassidim. And I'm sure they were very happy about that. Um, but they were not Chassidim neither in terms of their intellect and their per- mohus, their essence, who they were, nor perhaps in their behavior. But there was a tremendous reverence for the Rebbe, naturally. And Lubavitch, you know, always had it off. Lubavitch always had it off. The Rav and Lubavitch was a Bavram. Amatz, always Avram. <laughs> no, 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 Nisht Avram. The doctor was always Avram. The Rav and Reuven, 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 Eshemachatos, whatever it is. They were Lubavitch exceeding Tmimim, who had smicha from the Lubavitch Rav. Rabbi Rifkin, Rabbi Badal Rifkin, who lived on Eastern Parkway, married the daughter of the Lubavitcher Rav. He married the daughter of the Rav of Lubavitch. And that's why she was good friends with the Rebbitson, because they grew up together. I mean, how many girls were there with Nagant Lubavitch? It was a city of men and boys. They grew up, she was the daughter of the Rav, and she was the granddaughter of the Rebbe. They grew up together. But in any case, Lubavitch respected the Chotzer. They mourned the Estalks of the Rebbe Marash unimaginably. But it took them some time to realize that there's a continuity to this and to actually give the Gabos, give the, the position of secretary, the honor of the secretary to the next Rebbe, to the Rebbe Rashad. And it took about five years. Five years that the Rebbe Marash was in Stalik, the Chabra Kaddisha came to the Rebbe and they said, we want to give you your father's job. Understand that all the Rebbe's children, beginning with the middle of the Rebbe, and then the Rebbe the Tzemach Tzedek, and then the Rebbe Marash, when his children reached a certain age, they would write them into the Pinkis as honorary members of Chabra Kaddisha. From the beginning, from when Lubavitcher Hasidis came to the Lubavitcher Shtetele, when the Rabbeim's children reached a certain age, Bar Mitzvah, before after, they were always written into the Pinkas and Chavagadish as honorary members. They were certainly consulted about decision making and things of this sort, but they were not really, they didn't bury people, but they were big people. In this Tafresh Memchas, the Rebbe Rashab was appointed the Gabi the Chavagadish. And it was a refreshing event. It was a very happy occasion. It was a happy for many reasons. The appointment of Chabad Kaddish is considered a simcha. That's why it was done on Shmini Atzeres in conjunction with Simcha Stere. But it was a happy event because it marked an uplifting of the Rebbe Rashab. Now, the Rebbe Rashab, I mean, exactly how he was uplifted by being made Gabi Chabad Kaddish. But 
it, it was a recognition. It was a statement of the effect that ever we know you're here and we're going to celebrate it. In certain ways, the Rebbe Rashab was a Rebbe within days of his father's passing. The Rebbe once spoke in a sira, that the sign that a Rebbe is a Rebbe is that he says Chasidis. The Rebbe Marash passed away, Erev Erev Sukkis. The Rebbe Rashab said Chasidis within four or five days. He already said a Maimir. So, from a spiritual perspective, the Indian from the Seas was immediate. On the other hand, practically to acknowledge that he is a Rebbe didn't happen completely until Tafresh Nundal. It says in the Sikhs that in Tafresh Nund there was a significant Shinui. Tafresh Nundal is Makabal in the Sikhs. This is Memchas. This is two years before Tafresh This is five years after his father's Estalgus. There would be six more years of precariousness, of unsureness. But on that occasion they made the Rebbe the Gavai. Now, the Rebbe was a Rebbe. He was traveling a lot because of medical reasons and other reasons that ever was traveling. He was not around. The Fidik Rebbe said, I always tell you this because it's so amazing. The Fidik Rebbe said, from the time I was nine till the time I was eleven, I didn't have a father. The Rebbe Rashab was sick terribly. On several occasions, he was mamish near Hippachachayim to the extent that he actually wrote a will. The Rebbe Rashab wrote a will at the age of 26. And that will is published. It's called the Chanech Lenar. We once learned parts of it about Chinuch. So the appointment of the Rebbe Rashab to the Chaver Kedisha in Lubavitch was a big celebration. How many Hasidim were around? I don't know. I'm sure there were Hasidim. Too many probably not. But there were Hasidim. The old Hasidim who were loyal to the Rebbe Marash till Mr. Nefesh stuck by the Rebbe Rashab. They encouraged him. They lifted him up. They injected him with positiveness and with their chedet and respect and bittle and so on and so forth. There were not too many Hasidim, I suspect, in Tafesh of Chesel Mabavich. The Rebbe Rashab was able to dive in the In Shul, Mestama, there weren't too many Hasidim coming to Lubavitch to sit and stare at him and disturb him. But the community of Lubavitch, the Lubavitchers in the geographical sense, they didn't come to the Rebbe Shabbos here, Hasidus, to watch the Rebbe Davin. They davened in the local shul, they finished davening at 11.15, they went home at the 8 and they went to sleep, like Jewish people do, good Jews do. But when they made him Gabi of Chavir Kadisha, this was not a Hasidus event, this was a Lubavitch event, this was a town event. So the whole city came to the event. So you had the Rebbe, I suppose his brother, although I'm not certain, the Hasidim who were in Lubavitch, and in the city of Lubavitch. The city of Lubavitch was the majority, by a long shot, most of the people on that particular Shemini Ateris, who came to celebrate with the Rebbe Rashab, his appointment to the Chaber Kadisha, were extraordinarily simple, simple people. Poshte prostedidim. And there's a whole ceremony that was done. Everything in Europe had traditions which unfortunately were wiped out by Hitler. But there were so many beautiful traditions. And the whole ceremony, how it was done, you, you set up a canopy and he walked, maybe even with candles if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. And they would march through the town and celebrate the appointment of the new Gabbai. Clearly this wasn't a technical position. This wasn't a secretary who keeps track of, of billing and uh, spaces in the cemetery. It was obviously a Ian Ruchni and it was always was Ian Ruchni. And it was an honorable position that Abayim always held it and now five years after the status of his father he was appointed the Gavai 
So they made a big fabrengen, a big celebration. They got a, a canopy, a chuppah. The Rebbe Rashab was led to the city of Lubavitch with this canopy. He went to the shul. He said, Chasidah, as I see momentarily. And then afterwards, he made a big kiddush. My recollection is that he made it in his house. Doshtet in shul. But what probably happened, they took him to the shul, and then he went to his house and said, Chasidah. Since this was a, a local event, this was a city of Lubavitch event, so by the Kiddush, you had all the Lubavitcher people there. The Lubavitcher people were not very sophisticated. And they all knew that they have no real connection to the Rebbe. They don't understand the Rebbe. They don't know the Rebbe's level. They don't know the Rebbe's scholarship. They push the people. But they were Lubavitcher. <laughs> and they loved the Rebbe and respected the Rebbe, notwithstanding that they didn't know that much about where he was. They had one fear. One thing was they were frightened by. If the Rebbe is going to say, I'm mindless. I'm mindless one for an hour. And they might as well sleep right through it. They're not going to understand a single word. But of course, nobody tells the Rebbe what to do. So they all came wishing <laughs> that the Rebbe Rashab will not say Hasidus and they won't have to sit there and be absolutely bored. And of course, when you're sitting in the presence of a Rebbe and he's saying Hasidus and you don't know what's going on, you can become also disrespectful. You can behave inappropriately. And they were all praying and wishing that the Rebbe was not going to say Hasidus because for them that would have been, it would have been no good. So they made a Kiddush and the Rebbe came to the Kiddush and the Rebbe indicates that he's going to say Hasidus. Nobody says anything. <laughs> but the atmosphere, the room was uncomfortable. So I suppose they sang a niggin. And the Rebbe Rashab started saying Hasidus. And the whole city of Lubavitch state, they might as well have been reading Kiddush Lavana. They, they had no clue what he's talking about. At least that's what they thought. And the Rebbe starts the mime with the Gemara. Trunia means tininess, complaints. And in context, it means Hashem doesn't come with unreasonable expectation. He said a mime. That mime is published. And the Friedrich Rebbe has written several, two or three biyurim on that mime. In other words, the Friedrich Rebbe himself wrote commentary on the mime. In Tafresh Pehei, Shab wrote the Ainakar Papatrunya and I think he sent it to Anash Ba'arta Sabris. The Maimu was written for Khsidim in America, which is very in- compelling, interesting. I could be wrong, but that's my recollection. In Tafresh Pehei, the Rebbe Rashab, the Fidikab wrote the Kadish Bahavatrin. So the Fidikab's Maim is very long. The Rebbe Rashab's Maim is very short. And if I'm not mistaken, this was a Maim that was written expressly to send to American Jews, which is very interesting. And also logical. And the Lubavitcher understood every word. Their fear was, the Rebbe's going to talking about Ak, and Atik, and Ein Sof, and Pnimius Atik, and Echveis Vos, and Adlaw, and Chokmah Stimah. They're not going to know what's why. And the Rebbe said, Amayim Etake, it was Chesidus, and they understood every word. When the Rebbe finished saying the Maimir, the happiness of the Lubavitcher, that the Rebbe spoke to them. He lowered himself and talked to them. He said, 
tzaddik, a kaddish, who's busy moving around the furniture in El Mabriya, or whatever the case may be, in Atma Saint Sof, I don't know where the Bema busy, and then what day of the week, descended to their level. They were so happy, they were like drunk happy. They were so, the, the, in other words, what the Rebbe said was important, very important, as you'll hear momentarily. But the fact that the Rebbe honored them with Taita on their level, they could get fat from it. They were so touched, it was so moving to them, it was so exciting to them, it was such a positive thing that the Rebbe talked to them. And when he finished the Maimed, the joy was powerful. You could touch the hat. They were so happy. They were so uplifted, enthused, what the Rebbe said. But what the Rebbe said was talking to them. And he didn't tell them, everybody go home and have a good nap. The Rebbe talked about serving the Ebishter. And the mandate, that Maimed was pure avoider. There was not a lot of Ak and Ainsof in that Maimed at all. The Maimed was a Maimed about serving the Ebishter. And it made demands of the Lubavitcher Hasidim. It said that Lubavitcher Hasidim knew <laughs> you have to do something. So in other words, they were talking, very thrilled and very happy about the fact that the Rebbe descended to that level and spoke to them. But it also meant that they all have to grow up. The, the Rebbe demanded something of them. So the story goes, and I'm going to get to the Maimon momentarily. The Fidik Rebbe writes that one of the Yidden Lubavitch, she says the name, but of course I don't remember the name, but the names are printed. Got up. Behalf of the city of Lubavitch, I guess he didn't even have to call a, a vote. It was self-explanatory. He said with joy and sincerity, "Gabai, Gabai, we're ready for Mesiris Nefesh because the Maimah was about Mesiris Nefesh." And the, the event, the Fidik ever described this event in many sikhs. He should know. And they're compiled. If you have the Sefer of my modem, you look in the back, all the Sikhs, the story is told four or five different times in different Sikhs. It's all collected in one place, each time with a different Kvetch. But he stood up, but on the behalf of the city of Labavitzer, what's the Maimed about? The Maimed about the famous metaphor of the head and the foot, right? One of the things Chassidus teaches us is that there's a inyan veskalos mebliya sheimot zereish v'seif. That means to say there's a level where there's such integration, there's such achdus that every single part of the person is the head in a certain aspect, and the whole rest of the person needs that aspect to be its head. And the example is if you have to put your body into hot water, the whole body has to go into the hot water, and it's the mind that knows the necessity and the reason behind this need, but the foot goes first. The foot goes first. So in this union of putting yourself in the most unpleasant situation, the foot becomes the head. And the Rebbe Rashab explained, this is the union of Mesir Nefesh. You have Yidnu are called Moyach, the mind, the Yedetayda, the Talmud, the the Yidnu are called the heart. Those are Isaac Gimil Chasadim who do kindness and are full of love for the Abishta. And you have to have the Yidnu called the heel. The simple Jews who don't have any specific and outstanding redeeming qualities. He says, and they're the Messias Nefesh Yidnu. That when there's a moment and a circumstance of Messias Nefesh, they're first. This was a Maimon spoken to the heels. The Maimon was spoken to Yidin who were that level. And the Rebbe spoke to them. So 
when he finishes the Maimon, again, I'm repeating myself, so that this fellow gets up and says, Gabai Midan, a gate of Mesiris Nefesh, and he said it with the Gavaldike Yisrachis. The Friedrich could ever describe, Friedrich was eight years old, he was seven years old, the joy in the room. I don't know if the word joy is appropriate, the appreciativeness in the room. The Rebbe spoke to us. To uns schneck, to us nobodies. The Rebbe spoke to us. And the, the feeling of Sviast, how happy, how satisfied they were by this. So the Rebbe says to him, Okay, I'll tell you what to do. And he gave him a list of things that he wanted to do to establish on Lubavitch as their statement of Mesiris Nefesh. Such things as renewing the minig of saying Tillim in the morning. I mean, in America today we're all sophisticated, but in Europe there were simple Jews who get up in the morning and say, Tillim. There were Yidin who said the whole Tillim every day. There were Yidin who said Tillim every week. But everybody said Tillim. Reciting Tillim was a normal thing. And they didn't recite Tillim to pay a bill. A Yidzak Tillim. And there were Yidin who get up at 4 in the morning. They would go to the show. They could sit two hours, two and a half an hours, depending on how good their teeth and the tongue was, and recite every word of the Tillim. And then the day wouldn't begin till they finished the Tillim. Or the Yain Tillim, as it's divided according to the days of the week, which is substantial. It's 30 kapitlach. Sometimes it's more. These were traditions by Yidin. And these traditions, as the Fidik ever described them, had kept the Jewish nation alive. The traditions of saying Tillim, the traditions of learning in Yankiv, the simple Jews would come to the shul. They couldn't even read. And somebody would read for them. And Yankiv, which is the stories in the Gemara, or Kitz Shachanarach, the abbreviated Shachanarach, or a little Chumish, a Mishnayit, and they would sit and listen, lacking the finger. I guarantee you, half of them were asleep. But it didn't matter. They came. And Yiddish was punctuated, was defined by this <coughs> this connection to the Abishtim. Push the prostayidin. They were yidin like this in America. They were yidin like this in America. Knew nothing. He was not He knew nothing. He never had an education. He worked hard his whole life to feed his family. But he went to Ashir in Medrash. And he is the Paskin Halachas from the Medrash. Abamamish. If he estate the Medrash, tell the Shochamarach that this is treif, that this is kosher. Estate the Medrash, and you couldn't move him. He was a wall. You, you couldn't laugh at him. He didn't even understand that you're laughing at him. His tmimus pervaded him so much that he didn't understand that you view him as an Amoritz. For him, this was Yiddishkeit. It wasn't his knowledge. It was his nishom. It was his amunas Hashem. And he could pass Kedalachas for Medrash. I miss... He passed Kedalachas for Medrash. There was no way to change his mind. But sometimes his piske didn't but push it irrational. Like you're not allowed to eat bread on Tuesday. <laughs> Whatever it was. Sometimes piske didn't push it hippochalocha. And you had to you had to work around it because you couldn't budge him from his medrish. It says in medrish, and that's the whole Yiddish kind. And you want to know something? Does as I eat. These traditions defined the shtetl yid. They were very hard-working people. We have no concept of how they work. To push it, to put, to fill their empty stomachs and to keep their family a little bit warm in the cold, biting winter. And um, this was their life. These traditions had gotten weaker. And the Rebbe Rashab spoke about renewing them. Renewing the saying, Tillim. Renewing the learning Mishnayis. The renewing coming to shul three times a day, not diving at home. 
And the Vedic Rebbe says for the next quarter century, for the next 25 years, the effects of that day were felt on Lubavitch. The community changed. The people were moved and inspired, and they made changes. But the key was that the Rebbe spoke about the simple people having Mesiris Nefesh. And that the Mesiris, in the area of Mesiris Nefesh, the foot is the head. Who is? Who is? The, the, the leader, who is the one who gives direction, who shows a sample and a model of Mesiris Nefesh, the Jew is on the level of a heel. And we know this as a matter of fact. So now let's read it again. It was five, six, four, eight. My father was selected as the head of the Chavar Kaddish in Lubavitch. As was the custom in those shtetls, these are customs that are gone, 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 and it's so unfortunate. Ain milim. It's now it's it's one of thousands of such customs. They led him with simchas teira. Belivias amrav with the accompaniment of many people, the whole city of Lubavitch. Lebeisek nesses to the local shul. And again, I'm not sure whether the chassidus was in shul or in the house, but there was a kiddush in conjunction with it. The Rebbe Rashab then said, "The Maimed Ein Hakadosh Baruch Hu Hashem does not come with unreasonable expectations of Eden." The Siyum Devarov, and at the end of the Maimed, he said, "Gam Ho'Anoshim Balei Moiche," even people who are intellectuals. who are here now here he meant in the room and here he meant in the generation in the time in the era must put their minds aside and not to follow reason and their intellect in other words intellectuals scholars were yidden based on Tehidah which is not bad I mean if you, if you live your life according to the Tehidah 100% you're a very pious and good person but it's reasonable and the Rebbe Rasha said you have to put your mind aside when you measure everything, when you weigh things based on your intellect and your own judgment, and you trust your own judgment, you can you can go astray, you can lean in the wrong direction. The Rebbe Rashab says it's almost 120 years ago. Nowadays, this is core, this is central, this is essence. Because we're holding the Ikhvist of Mashiach and the heels of Mashiach. The heels of Mashiach mean that it's the time of Mesiris Nefesh. The, the definition of the era is heel. And the concept of heel is Mesiris Nefesh. 